You're listening to Arts Midden here on Sin Nation with Michaela and Ben. We're joined right now, though, in the studio with two very special guests from the Owl and Cat Theatre's production of Flesh-Eating Tiger. We have Gabrielle Savroni and Marcus Molino. Hello. Hey. Hello. <laughs> very good. How are you? Good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Thanks. thank you. Thanks for coming. Mm-hmm. So, Flesh-Eating Tiger, that, I, I suppose that's... Uh, Probably the the first thing that I want to talk about flesh eating tiger. Mm. Apart from the f- what else do tigers eat? That's that a is good an question. Awesome question. I'm not sure. We were just googling if there was small tigers, but not. Yeah, we did. Eat. We found that there was a Zanzibar dwarf leopard, but okay. that's totally unrelated, and we're stalling for an answer. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say leaves. Do you <laughs> leaves? They eat the grass. Dogs. Nice. Dogs. I reckon they eat dogs. I know they're competent swimmers. Okay. Okay. Well, so then they probably eat hippopotamus. Well, that's flesh. That's flesh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, I'm with you. Yeah. Um, apples. Sure. Yeah, if we obfuscate the answer enough, we can move <laughs> on from the question and we'll never have to deal with it. And, and, and why not? Um, so it, it's a very evocative title, um, yes. but I, I don't know if that... What is it about? Is it about... Do you have a tiger? I mean, the plays oh, are real. I wish we had a real tiger. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not actually about a tiger. Okay. It's just sort of more of like a symbolic name. Yeah. I mean, the play's a real head trip. It's... Um, kind of a play within a play idea like mm-hmm. a relationship becomes clouded with the disease of alcoholism it's like it's it's a basic dilemma it's like how can how can you truly love someone when you don't fully love yourself especially when the two people are attracted for reasons they don't understand so it's like an existential love poem like nothing to be um taken literally so um it's it's confusing yeah. <laughs> hence, I mean, hence no literal I mean, tiger yeah 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 well i i i think the title is sort of alluding to like I think it's an old Greek thing called an ouroboros, which is the the snake eating its own tail, and I think it's the like the constant cycle of They're stuck in this obsessive, toxic, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's probably right. Yeah. So if I give you a full breakdown of what the story is, it's um, an actor and a writer mm-hmm. working on a play together, and the writer is writing about the love between her and the alcoholic actor as they do the play that they are doing together. So you see snippets of the play and of the real situation, and so it gets clouded and it's, like, blurry. So as you're watching, you're like, is this their play or is this them? And is this real life? And by the end, though, it doesn't matter. It's about addiction, and she's addicted to his attention, and he's addicted to alcohol. And I love booze. Yeah, yeah he just loves booze. <laughs> That's it, nice and simple. Um, but, yeah, so it's quite it's complicated, but essentially it comes down to a toxic relationship. So mm-hmm. I think anyone watching it will probably relate on some level. Yeah. We've all been there at some point, you know, being obsessed with something that's not good for you. The the ti- the, the only other t- play I know with with tiger in the title is there's a play by Doris Lessing called Play with a Tiger. Oh, there you go. And oh, there's a brilliant one called Bengal Tiger at the Baghdad Zoo. Ah, that I think just won the Pulitzer like two or three years ago. Oh, there you go. The that's a good name, Bengal Tiger at the Baghdad Zoo. Uh, I think Robin Williams, one of his last. Theater ah. What was the last play you guys saw? Ooh. Oh, that I is a good question. It's, it is a good question. I I mostly read them. I don't know if I see. Ah, many. that's yeah. better. That's, you I, can build your own world. That's the last one that yeah. I saw. Red was play with the tiger. Yeah, there you go. Doris Lessing. Tigers everywhere. I'm very much in the the musical theater sort of realm. So oh I yeah. Could. That's okay. Oh, which yeah. which musical? Uh, Matilda just recently. Oh, I heard that was amazing. Yeah, I've heard rave reviews yeah. about that. Was the set epic? Yeah, yeah. it was pretty epic. But getting back to um, your show, uh, and Owl in the Cat Theatre, this isn't the first time that Flesh Eating Tiger has been put on. No, this is it? the second time. Yeah. So when I took over the Owl and Cat 
nearly two years ago now. This is the first play I produced there because it's my friend Amy Tofty, the writer, is a friend of mine. I met her in America and she sent me the script and I just fell in love with it. So um, I asked Jason, the old owner, to direct it and he got a team and put it on as the first ever production with my ownership um, and then now we're redoing it again because I'm going back to this conference where I met Amy and it's quite a long story I'm trying to abbreviate um, basically they've asked me to produce it again and bring it over um, and so I've got a new creative team including Marcus and Amy mm. and Brayden and we're sort of re- revamping it a little bit and changing it up and I'm directing this time rather than just producing. So, yeah, it's been really fun. But it is the second incarnation. So if people came to the first one, it'll be interesting to see what they think because um, we're, we're sticking to the text in terms of the order of the script. So it's exactly as it was written, whereas I know last time it was it, they sort of played with it a little bit. So mm-hmm. it will be different. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so fantastic. Um, so in terms of your directorial style and the influence on, on that show that it, you're putting on at the start of June, how do you feel that has changed it? That's a good question. Uh, casting definitely has changed it. I've cast two actors that are very intuitive. I'm talking about you as if you're not here. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, f- I feel very connected to, to their relationship. And uh, they their, their instincts are out of control. So I feel like the just having two different human beings on the stage for a start is going to make it completely different because they bring their life experience and their own understanding to the role. And then my vision of the play visually is very different. Our set's completely different. Um, The formatting of the story, the transitions. I've got a music designer on board as well, Matt Brown. He's so good and he's created like a theme song and an original composition of a whole soundscape, like a movie. So all of that sort of stuff is completely different. And and I loved what the other team did. It was one of my favourite plays I've ever seen. So I have been feeling quite pressured. Like, I hope this is as good. But I don't think it, it can be compared. I think they're very, very different, which is... Cool. And how has it been for you, Marcus, working with Gabriel, who uh, is an actor as well? Um, has it been like easier than with other mm. directors? I mean, yeah. No. Pretend um, she's not here. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I think one of the best things to do as an actor is work with a director that has experience in acting because it's a shared language. And um, I've worked with directors before that are exclusively directors. And I think there can often be a little bit of um, fear or miscommunication between the two parties. And working with Gab is like um, really gentle and, and free to explore. And we can, we can work through a lot of stuff that otherwise um, a more like results-based actor, uh, a results-based director would be pushing for. So um, it's been a really um, special journey together to get this, this thing up on its feet. I think the piece will probably reflect that sort of intimacy that we had in the rehearsal space. Yeah, I think so too. Mm. It's been a really like yeah relaxed sort of vibe, and we've always go off track and start talking about yeah. life and philosophy. <laughs> and the, the four of us are really good friends, so it's been really lovely. And I feel mm. like the play, yeah, it'll it'll come through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fantastic. You're listening to Art Smitten here on Sin Nation, and before that, heard uh, the first part of our interview with Gabrielle Savroni and Marcus Molyneux, who are both back here to talk about their play, Flesh Eating Tiger. so delving a little bit we we spoke before about um how you gab have broken down the play into your vision and and understanding that how have you marcus in interpreting it delved into your character and drawn out what you've you can bring to this role how have you gone about that i just read the script a bunch of times no no um (laughs) i i often find that um really good writing sort of reflects universal characteristics in every person and 
often you don't have to go far from home to find stuff to play a character. He's an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm coming clean. Yeah. Um, no, so I, I think the, the, the themes that are reflected in the love relationship that I have with the female character in the play uh, are things that I've dealt with in some instance in, in my life. And I sort of bring, so, yeah, just elements of my life. And uh, I like to sort of honor those bits of me. And, uh, and I strip down in public and show everyone my ravaged soul. That was needlessly depressing. I'm sorry. <laughs> My ravaged soul. I thought you were going to say something else there for a moment. I think yeah. that's what, yeah, yeah. They're, they're very authentic actors and they let a lot of themselves out on stage, which is really nice. And, and for you, uh, Gabrielle, because, so do you, this, I'm always fascinated by how people interpret scripts mm-hmm. and how people interpret someone else's words, someone else's vision um, into essentially their own mm. vision. So how did you approach this one? Okay, uh, the first thing I thought was, okay, as a theatre maker, when that's what you do with your life, because I know Amy, she runs a little theatre as well, that's all you do and it's your world. It's like if you work at a knife store, you like look at people's knives, oh yeah, I've got a better knife than you, you know, like you just get obsessed and I thought she's obviously obsessed, I'm going somewhere, don't I? (laughs) (laughs) She's obviously obsessed with theatre because that's what she does and so I thought this is very much a show about theatre. So let's start with that. So that's where I launched from. I was like, okay, so it's it's about theatre. So that's why we're trying to make as many theatre elements. And so and a lot of people who go to theatre make theatre. So they'll get it. So I thought this is a fun show and it's for the audience as well. So I started with that and then also universal stories, you know, like identity, love, hope, all of those sort of main driving forces of human nature, I find those. So what's the main, okay, we've got love, we've got confusion, we've got, um, you know, self-awareness and stuff like that. So I find the main sort of generic themes and then launch from that and then you build the the characters. And I'm the same, even when I'm directing, I, I take a lot of my own life and inject it. So it's like I will say I've, I've, felt this moment before and I'll tell a story to the actors and I give a lot of my own information away because I feel like why not like if I've been there like even even embarrassing stuff like there's a scene where Amy who is the most lovely human ever has to get really mad and she's just so sweet that she she cries that she's so nice because that's what she would do and I'm like nah you're gonna do this and I was like listen this is what I'd do like so I'd tell her you know I'd lose it I'd kick the chair over she's like really I'm like people like that exist and that's who you're playing <laughs> so I take that angle as well so I, I use I try to figure out where the writer's coming from and their life and then I inject my own life in to help the actors and then they inject their life too it's quite beautiful really isn't it but yeah that's that's how I approach it um, and then creatively I wait I just sit and wait and watch and hope that I get inspired ideas to make it look cool and then if they don't come we panic yep. <laughs> just throw something together yeah it's true a couple of days ago I was like oh really hope something comes world and it was that bit with the blanket i was like finally got something and it worked out yep have you written your own stuff before oh yeah i have it was pretty bad (laughs) (laughs) i wrote a play called painted pictures with a friend brendan but it wasn't great i'm not a writer at all i really 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 respect writers i love them i think i can't understand how they do it and it's a whole art form that i just find fascinating so i'm happy to honor their work and i like being a director that um, writers can come to and know that I'm going to really treat your story with respect. So I think I, I like the role of directing because you get to honour the writer and you get to help the actors to find new things and make them feel safe. So I feel like when directing, it's this really sort of nice role where you get to help everyone do their best work. And with this this show, uh, what are you trying to get the audience to feel leaving? Or is it just or any sort of response, any sort of emotional response? Or is there a targeted thing you want 
I feel like we will not be able to control it because it's so abstract in its presentation. Um, but I'm pretty sure people will feel self-reflective of their own relationships, obviously, for a start. Yeah, I mean, we're not aiming for, like, a yeah. thematic issue of dealing with alcoholism or a, a public service announcement yeah. in any way. Yeah, it's not, you're right, it's not about, like, alcoholism, but there is a lot of information about mm. it, but I feel like people could apply that to themselves with anything. I, would, I, I look at it like an abstract painting. You know, if you look at an abstract painting, you might go, oh, it looks like a bird, and then you might go, oh, that looks like a bridge, and that's fine. I think... This play is an abstract painting and all of us are the different colours on it. And the audience looking at the painting are going to go, wow, that's really cool and I see this and then someone else will go, I see that, I see that. And that's the sort of play that I like directing. I think everyone will have a different interpretation and that's exciting to me because then they're a part of it. They're not, like, bystanding. They're actually engaged. So, Yeah, there's also, like, a cathartic element of just watching. I know when I go to the theatre, um, you just end up watching and feel sort of like... Oh well, I'm at least halfway normal. If these people That's can live through so this, true. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not totally alone with my specific Craziness. insanity and yeah. terrible thoughts. And it's. I, I think that's probably what comes away from this play is that it's an exp- because it's an exploration of a toxic affair. You can sort of see elements of like, oh, that's a bit of me, and that kind of is okay to it's, have. It's not just me. Fantastic. That's a good point, and that's what we try to do at the Allen Cat in general. Is that's our mission statement is to help other help people to understand themselves and others more to decrease judgment and. Well, speaking of understanding others, well, that was the worst segue. <laughs> yeah, the I was going to comment. Tried. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it would have worked better with the with the trying to see other people's weirdness, but um, anyway, uh, we're all a bit crazy. We're all a bit crazy. Here we go. Um, <laughs> speaking of that, um, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up the interview with our exquisite corpse segment, which, for anyone who's just tuned in, is our recurring section of the show where we ask the guests to contribute a sentence or a couple of sentences to the story that we have going on uh, across the season, and the finished product will be read out at the final episode of the season. The guests today, um, so we've just had Andy Snelling in before, and she's uh, given us a sentence that mm-hmm. we're going to give to you, Gabriel and Marcus, and uh, however you want to work it out, um, give us a sentence back. Okay. I don't know. What do you think we should do? I feel like, okay, now that I know we're going to hear her sentence, I feel like <coughs> you should go first, and then I'll go second. Let's do two, two full sentences. Can we do yeah, that? you do Absolutely. a sentence and All right, we're sentence. doing it. Absolutely. All right, all right. Oh, I'll just keep something. I'm really sorry. <laughs> all right, so your sentence is... Alas, it was the shoes that would never fit any foot in the whole entire kingdom. Gabrielle, I think you should go first. (laughs) Okay. These shoes were obviously bought from an op shop. And now, Marcus? Can I have the original sentence? Uh... This is... Uh, why do I feel like I'm doing a test now? I'm panicking. <laughs> uh, you have, yes, five minutes. <laughs> that writer um, in you is stressing. I just feel like everyone who's out. listening to me like, this is the worst sentence. I hate this guy. <laughs> it boycott the fail. show. <laughs> it all comes together at the end in a weird concoction. Anyway, the line that you were working with, as, alas, it was the shoes that would never fit any foot in the whole entire kingdom. And now we've also got, these shoes were obviously bought from an op shop. But it wasn't just any op shop. It was an entirely non-magical op shop. I think in improvisation they call that a block. Yeah. (laughs) It's like a nope. (laughs) You will not have any fun with magic. (laughs) Well, we'll see what the next person comes up with next week. Um, Can we we hear that? Yes. I want to hear the final final The intermediary final 
concoction is, uh, alas, it was the shoes that would never fit any foot in the whole entire kingdom. These shoes were obviously bought from an op shop, but it wasn't just any op shop. It was an entirely unmagical op shop. (laughs) (laughs) So that is just one part of the giant exquisite corpse story that we have going on this season. Um, And as we said before, we'll be reading out the entire story uh, at the end of the season, July 10th. So tune into that. And we'll upload (laughs) it on the website and everything. Um, in the meantime, thank you very much to Marcus and Gabrielle from the Owl and Cat Theatre. Thanks, see Thanks so much for having us. Flesh Eating Tiger. Yeah, it's on next Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is on at the Owl and Cat Theatre uh, at what time is it? It's at 8 p.m. 8 p.m. And we're doing one week before we go to America with it. So. Ooh, exciting. Yeah. Yeah. exciting. Exciting. Come check it out. They thought it was good enough to send it there, so Absolutely. <laughs> we reckon it will be. Yes. <laughs> Thanks so, so you much can go for check joining. that out. So you're listening to Art Smitten on Sin Nation.